coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. So even though there's a change in the position, even though somebody's gotten some status and the things are being moved around, she still praises God. We ought to be able to do that in some bad situations. When stuff is not going the way we like to, instead of maybe cussing out that person, we spend some time talking to God. Maybe instead of fussing at that person, we spend some time talking to God because God can change the situation around better than we ever can. that is ours to share together I want to talk a little bit about the burden of birthdays the burden of birthdays I'm getting intimately familiar with birthdays I have three young children and so they have birthday parties and because they're friends with all the people in their school it becomes the custom to go to those students' birthday parties. And so if I don't have some sort of meeting or something that I need to go to, that Saturday is either going to be some sort of community service obligation or a birthday. (laughs) Funny thing about birthdays, when you go to birthdays, there's a lot of group singing. But group singing as a whole is becoming uh, a lost art in our culture. Uh, There are members who are of the greatest generation uh, that remember the simple joy of sing-alongs around a piano in somebody's living room or or church hall. But that's a pleasure lost on some of us who are a little younger. Uh, There are some culturally still some places where we get together and have group singing. Uh, One of those is at sporting events uh, because the national anthem is sung at the beginning of sporting events or community gatherings. Uh, The second one I remember explicitly uh, because I thought that they only did it in the middle of Cubs baseball games. I grew up watching the Chicago Cubs long before they got good. You know, I can remember some Andre Dawson and some Jody Davis and some Rick Sutcliffe. I I can name some of the people. Mitch Williams falling off of the mound when he was pitching uh, relief because I used to go to kindergarten and my elementary school was right across the street from uh, my grandmother's house. Taylor Park Elementary School and so when we had a half day kindergarten I'd get off and walk home and that meant I had to get a pallet out in front of the TV <laughs> uh, a pallet of a, a bunch of blankets put down on the floor in front of the TV so I could watch and then I either had to watch Cubs baseball or soap operas <laughs> I can tell you all about Victor. 
I can tell you all about Victor, but during the seventh inning of those uh, baseball games, Harry Carey would come out and they would sing, take me out to the ball game. And everybody would sing that. And it still goes on today. Uh, the third is usually around midnight on New Year's Eve. Uh, although the, the Scots dialect from, for the song Auld Lang Syne is largely m unable to be understood by most modern English speakers, most partygoers, uh, when the clock strikes 12.01, cheerfully mumble their way uh, through the song and maybe a little uh, beverage that you might have been drinking during the party might help you, but it basically means all the anxiety for the sake of all times. Should all the acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind, should all the acquaintance be forgot and all the anxiety. The other place that community singing happens is happy birthday. Uh, just before the guest of honor blows out the candles on the cake, uh, for quite some time, people would sing happy birthday. And I always wondered when you went to a restaurant why they would not just flat out sing happy birthday. Everybody had their own version to it that they had to sing, but apparently they couldn't do it because that song was copywritten. And it was a, if you sang it out loud in a public place like a restaurant or a skating rink or something like that, that somebody who had the rights to that song would be looking for that money. But now that it's under public domain, uh, happy birthday is bigger than ever. Uh, there is something very intimate and personal about singing happy birthday to you. We have these other songs, the all dang zang and, and take me out to the ball game and especially the national anthem. Uh, those aren't as personal. Matter of fact, they might even evoke some anger, but, but happy birthday to you is about a particular individual when you're singing it. You're not singing about a community experience. You're singing about a particular individual. And those who sing the song generally know the person that they're singing it to. They know them very well in a personal way. And we remember to observe the birthdays of some people we don't know personally. Uh, George Washington. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, but really, if you wasn't getting off work or the bank wasn't closed, you probably wouldn't think about these people's birthdays either. Another big birthday celebration is Christmas. We don't know now, we don't know when Jesus was actually born. And, and scholars will say that based on the readings of the text, uh, for shepherds to be out tending to their sheep and for an infant to be able to survive in a manger through the harsh, uh, 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 through an evening, it would have had to have been spring. So we know that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Uh, it was decided to celebrate that by the early church to co-opt some of the other uh, traditions that were going on. And so I kind of chuckle when I see around super woke people 
thinking that uh, ha, ha, you, you're celebrating uh, something else on the 25th. You can't accidentally worship anything. You can't accident. I just got finished saying after we said we worship you, Emmanuel, right? Worship, worship. What is something worth to you? I can't say I love my wife over and over again and it not be meant for somebody else. No, I told her I love her. You can't say over and over again I love Jesus. And then somebody else say, ha-ha, no, you wasn't really worshiping Jesus. You was worshiping some pagan God. I had no plans to shout today. I'm just going to talk. That's why I got me some water before I got up here. So we don't get caught up in the fact that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We worship during this time the fact that Jesus was born. People were worshiping the Roman winter solstice and Mithraism and Saturnalia and a whole bunch of other things was going on during that time. But I'm not worshiping Mithraism or Saturnalia because if Jesus is in my heart when I'm doing it, then... You can't accidentally worship anything. And so whether they celebrate the coming of the sun, S-U-N, we celebrate the coming of the sun, S-O-N. But the burden of the birthday party is still there nevertheless. Uh, before we got to the reading, uh, what I read in, in your hearing earlier, Mary has been given a message. She's been giving a me- given a message that, that she is going to be uh, with child. Uh, and the text says that, behold, you will conceive in your womb, shall bring forth a son, and his name shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the whole angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One is to be born and he shall be called the Son of God. Then she was also told that your relative Elizabeth is already pregnant as well. And she's already six months along. But that is a miracle that has happened because Elizabeth was supposed to have been barren. So Mary is going to have a baby and there's some mystery about it because she's a virgin. And the angel uh, Gabriel tells her that the message or the method rather to the mystery is that the Holy Spirit is going to make this miracle happen. And not only is the Holy Spirit going to make that miracle happen, the Holy Spirit is going to make another miracle happen. Somebody who was barren will give birth. And she is already six months pregnant. And so what does Mary do the moment she hears that? She rushes to Elizabeth. 
Uh, and there's a babe within Elizabeth, and this babe is in, within Elizabeth, but even though she has a baby inside of her, she still gives Mary a blessing. Uh, Mary comes to visit Elizabeth, and there's a and the baby that was within her jumps, and this gives both a visually descriptive uh, detail. And I'm reminded when I think about Elizabeth giving birth to John, and John's going to be older than Jesus, but John is still going to be out there saying, "Prepare ye the way of the Lord," yes. just because he's older. Just because he's older doesn't mean he's in charge. The older is giving way to the younger. The older who would be entitled to all the titles and all of the accolades is giving way to the younger and he's okay with that. That's why when they asked was he the coming Messiah, that John the Baptist that wore the, the funny looking clothes and ate the funny looking food. He said, nope, somebody's coming behind me and I'm not even worthy enough to tie his shoes. The older is giving way to the younger and it's actually working. There are times where the, the old gave way to the younger and it didn't work because just like Elizabeth and Mary had these things going on, uh, uh, I was reminded in the studies of the story of Isaac and Rebekah who had twins. Jacob and Esau, and Jacob was the younger. But by all intents and purposes, the older Esau should have been running things. But it's Jacob that became Israel that had the 12 tribes of Israel that became the nations of the people of God. He didn't say this is the way we've always been doing it. So we're going to keep doing it this way. But while Rebecca was pregnant with Jacob and Esau, the unborn twins jostled with each other. And, and, and so much there was discord between the descendants of the twins. And, and the prophecy ended in Genesis with a, a rather foreboding quotation. It said, the older will serve the younger. Now, the prophecy does come about, but it's a whole lot of fighting that has to happen before they get there. Because the older had to give way to the younger. But in this case, with Mary and Elizabeth and John the Baptist and Jesus, mm -hmm. they worked it out. Amen. They worked it out. There's a transformation from Jacob and Esau to, to John and, and, and Jesus, and this time it works well. And so Mary coming to visit Elizabeth, again, the older, giving way to the younger, the first thing that Elizabeth said is, who am I? That the mother of God would come to me. If only we could be a little bit more humble like that. Yes. Blessed are you among women, she said, and blessed are the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So there's a praise from Elizabeth to God. So even though there's a change in the position, even though somebody's gotten some status and the things are being moved around, she still praises God. We ought to be able to do that in some bad situations. 
when stuff is not going the way we like to, instead of maybe cussing out that person, we spend some time talking to God. Maybe instead of fussing at that person, we spend some time talking to God because God can change the situation around better than we ever can. Ah, and so, so we, we, we go from this praise of Elizabeth to God and then Mary doesn't take the time to lord over Elizabeth. Who is this that the mother of my Lord should come to visit me? That's the second part about it is when you in the position and things change around, you go to God. But even when you're on the bottom and you work your way up unexpectedly, you still give the praise to God. Mary didn't say it's about time you started to recognize who I am and what I've done. It's about time I was just waiting for you to come around and act right. No, she still praised God. We ought to be able to praise God in all situations. All people ought to be able to praise God. It doesn't matter where you're at, where you're from, where you're going. It says let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord it doesn't say you had to go to this school doesn't have to say you had to come from this neighborhood it doesn't even say you got to be in the church let everything that have breath praise the Lord and so she praises Mary praise Elizabeth gave her praise to God about this situation because she understood it was not about her but not only did she give the praise to God uh, not only did uh, Elizabeth give the praise to God but Mary gave the praise to God she gave praise to God for his condescension his holiness his mercy his power his sovereignty and his faithfulness condescension the one who sits high but looks low. Can speak and universes are formed. But still has time to know the number of hairs on your head. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you think of me? And so he thinks about this. God looks down and sees this maidservant in trouble and help. And then he's holy. He's done great things. He's done great things. He's created this world. He gave us an opportunity to avoid death, hell, and the grave. He wakes us up every morning. His mercies are new. His mercy is everlasting to everlasting. His truth endures to all generation. And so Mary understood that about the mercy. We could all be dead sleeping in our graves. We could be eternally separated from God, but he has the mercy. None of us get what we deserve. But he has the mercy. And not only does he have the mercy, he does tremendous things with his power. In bad times, praise God. In good times, praise God. When things are going so-so, praise God. Why? Because God can handle the situation better than any one of us ever could. Amen. I know we might have been pretty smart. I know we might have been uh, got us some good jobs or got us some things we've done here and there. But there is no power, no power. that is greater than our God. Amen. 
and he is sovereign. He's put the mighty down from their thrones and exalted the lowly. I'm reminded of Isaiah where he said every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain will be made low. The crooked places will be made straight. Goes on a little later to say that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And mount up his wings as eagles. Run and not get weary. Walk and not faint. He's got power. And he can do what he wants to do. He's sovereign. Let the church say sovereign. Sovereign. Uh, The whole problem why some of these countries go to war from time to time is because they feel that another country has violated their sovereignty. That would be why some of us would have a problem with what's going on right now. You're supposed to be running a country. But you got another country telling you what to do and how to do it. God is not told what to do. Matter of fact, when we are praying to God about certain things to happen, that's why they say to quote scripture, because you are only telling God what God already said. He's sovereign. And not only is he sovereign, he's faithful. Every prophecy that came about the Messiah was being fulfilled or about to be fulfilled we just getting started in Luke 1, but when you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are hundreds of prophecies telling us where Jesus was going to be born, where the Messiah was going to be raised, all of the different things that were going to have to happen to him in order for him to save us. And the faithfulness is being brought forth. This is the start of something big. And the joy of this passage is that it's the beginning of God being able to start to do things exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Whether it be the Messiah being born to this young woman or somebody being barren uh, and not being able to have children and still getting children. This is about an unending divine reign that is about to be set in motion. There is joy, but there is also waiting. Uh, When you look at the Bible and look at all the miracles that happen, uh, there are things that always surprise me about it. But one of the things that I see over and over again is when there's a miracle about to be performed, you got to follow some instructions. And then not only when this miracle is about to happen, not only do you follow instructions, you got to wait. We in Luke 1. Jesus has not even been born yet, let alone healed the sick, raised the dead, opened up blinded eyes, walked on water, fed thousands with two fish and five loaves and bread, set the captives free, healed blind men, told the woman to go and sin no more. He's the, before any of that happened, we had to start. And so Mary praises God and she utters what they call the Magnificat. 
and talks about the things that are going on, she's talking about God's faithfulness and God's sovereignty and, and reaching down to her in her lowly state and dragging her up. And she's, com- she's coming from scripture because everything that she talks about could be found in scripture when she says, my spirit is rejoiced in God and Savior. She's talking from uh, uh, Psalms and, and then talking about that he's regarded the lowly state of the maidservant. That's Psalms again. And he has done mighty great things for me. Psalms again, 71. And holy is his name, Psalm 111. And his mercy to those who fear him, Psalm 103. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. That's Psalm 98 and Psalm 118. And he has scattered the proud from the imagination in his heart. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. That's 1 Samuel 2, uh, 2 and 7. Over and over again. Praise God. And praise God knowing that what you've been reading in the scriptures is going over and over and over again. And so this scene between Mary and Elizabeth allows people to catch a glimpse of the direction that God's purpose is taking. God's work through these two women. Y'all already know where I'm in. All right, right. God's work through these two women and the sons that they would bear is to be seen as a singular act. Both sons have a miraculous conception together and their singular purpose is being made through the priority of one son. Jesus takes precedence over John, but they still got to do the work and therefore Mary takes precedence over Elizabeth. But they are fine with that. They are fine with playing their role. We ought to be all right with playing our role. I was watching the second greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James. (laughs) Talk to a young man who was sitting on the bench. And... He might have used some colorful language in talking to these people, so I won't repeat verbatim what he said, but he talked about how it's okay for a professional NBA player to sit on the bench. They're on the team because they have a role to play. They could, any one of the NBA players that are out there could possibly take over a game on another team and be the chief scorer. They had to be good to be where they got. They had to be good. They know how to play and do all kinds of things for basketball. But when they get to these upper echelons, when they get to the time where it's trying to make some big moves, they got to be okay with playing a role. No matter how good they are, no matter how wet their jump shot is, no matter how well they rebound, no matter how good their crossover is, if they get on this this team and the coach say, I need you to do this, one thing, to fit within our system, they got to be okay with playing a role or miss out with being on the whole team. If only we could be okay with playing a role. 
we could go a lot farther. Because if you play the role long enough, you'll get a bigger role. And if you play that role long enough, you'll get a bigger role. You don't wake up and decide that you're the MVP. You don't show up on the job and become CEO after five days. Ain't even got your first check yet. Be okay with playing a role. Now, there will come a time where you don't need to be okay with playing a role. But in the beginning, you need to be okay playing a role. We in Luke 1 right now. The beginning. Play a role. Then move on further. And understand that there is joy in sometimes playing a role. Jesus played a role. He started off in the beginning was the word of God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. He played a role. And when he was at the temple with the when when Joseph and Mary lost him and went all the way halfway back home and had to turn around and get him, he was with the rabbis playing a role. You know, people like to say that he was teaching the rabbis. That ain't what the text says. The text says he was listening and asking questions. Played a role. That's at 12. And when we don't see him again until he's 30, played a role. And then he went out and then it was time when, the, when, when the, he was at the wedding and, and Jesus, I mean, Jesus was at the wedding And his mother told him when they had ran out of wine, go see Jesus about it. And he said, my time has not come. But she said, whatever he asks you to do to the rest of the people at the party, do it. He played a role. He continued to play the role as he healed the sick and raised the dead. Even when he went into the the temple and opened up the scroll of Isaiah and said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to to, to set the captives free and open blinded eyes and declare the year of the Lord, the acceptable year of the Lord, he was playing a role. And I'm glad that he played that role. He played that role all the way to Calvary. He played that role on the cross. He played that role in the borrowed tomb. He played that role when they opened up that borrowed tomb three days later and he wasn't there. He played that role when he's coming back again. If he can play his role, I ought to be able to play mine. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.